We are happy to be here this morning. Man, it's awesome. Hey, if you didn't know what that was, that was our student weekend retreat. We got away. I think everyone needs to get, get away for a little bit and to refocus their lives, focus it centered on who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And we got to do that this weekend with our students. How to stay lit. I told this first service, and I believe this, if you're not a millennial, you have no clue what that means. But if you're a millennial and under, you know what lit means. I just tried to give them a, def a different definition for that word and that you could stay lit for Jesus and you could be on fire for Jesus in your school where you're at. We did a lot of things. I want to give you kind of a recap. You saw some things happen in that. Those students, they're tired. And I'm making them sit through a second service. So they're going to be good, okay? We're going to have energy. Friday night, they had a message. They got to hear that God wants to use them right here, right now where they're at. Um, and that them staying lit for Jesus is on them. No excuses, it's on them. But that it can happen. Saturday morning, they woke up. We woke them up early. This wasn't a vacation, okay? It's not a day spa. We woke them up early and they got in their Bibles. Because I think you, you ain't getting your Bible, no Bible, no breakfast. So they got in their Bible, then we gave them breakfast. We fed them, okay? They got in their Bible. We went to a children's ranch over here in the community, and it was awesome. We had a great time. That's kind of what you saw, some of that. Some of the guys were grill masters. They, were, they cooked for all of us, some of our students. It was amazing. When juniors and seniors are cooking, like I had to test it first to make sure no one got sick, but it was good. Um, and we cooked for the children. That children's ranch houses kids who have had rough situations in their life. And it's like a last resort kind of thing, get them turned back around. And we got to hang out with those 50 students there. So we did that. We were there all day until about 2.30. About we left 2.30. We did have fun a little bit. We went to Sky Zone. That's where you saw some people um, try to be American Ninja Warriors. You know, the people who watch it. But I could do that. We saw that they can't. Okay? Um, we watched that. Then we had another session last night. I'm not going to tell you about that session because they're going to mention a little bit more. I just wanted you to hear from the students. You heard enough about me. I wanted you to hear how it impacts students' lives. Can you introduce yourselves and tell me? Yes. Hi, I'm Brianna. Um, what I learned over the weekend is that no matter my background, God will, has a call for my life. And to keep that fire lit in my heart, um, I could keep positive, loving Christians around me and appreciate God for what he does, good or bad. That's amazing. What you don't know, and I don't know if it's good. She's like, man, I, I don't come sometimes from the most stable environment. And it's hard. But she's like, this weekend was the first time that I knew that God could still use me. And that's amazing. Like, if you learn that at 15 years old, I mean, what, what could God do after that? That's amazing. What's up, my man? Hi, I'm David, and I learned that our sin doesn't define who we are, and that sin will try to make us guilty and um, be ashamed, and it will try to make us hide from God and hide our sin, but God will always find us, and He forgives us, and He smashes the head of sin. That's amazing. So the context he was talking about last night, my main man, like my right-hand man, Chase, he gave a message last night on the original sin, the first sin, and Adam and Eve. And it was really cool to see. He was like, they hid because they, they felt shame and guilt. They hid from God. And they learned last night that sometimes the act of sin isn't even the worst part. The shame and guilt we live with is. But that you can, they learned last night that God wants to crush that head. And so they got to be very, like, specific on the stuff they've been struggling with. We gave them plastic little snakes. We weren't snake handling. Don't worry. We're not a cold, okay? We gave them little plastic snakes. They wrote on them. 
very specific stuff, stuff that they've been struggling with. And we gave them a chance to just stomp on it. As I feel like a lot of us need to stomp on some stuff. They got a chance to do that this weekend. They get to live in freedom. He was telling me, he, he felt, I had a long conversation with him. Man, they kept me up to like one o'clock. I'm almost 30. I can't do that. But I did it. And a long conversation with them. He felt free for the first time. That's amazing. That's what this weekend was about, just to get refocused. It's amazing what a weekend could do to a student's life. And these are just some of the stories. I, I just want to throw this out to you before you leave here today. Ask another one of the students. Just ask them how the weekend went. And just to hear their stories. If you do have a student and you're here because of them or whatever, on the car ride, take them out to, take them out to lunch today and just ask them, how's the weekend? I would love to hear. I mean, you'll be amazed what high schoolers and middle schoolers could learn um, and how they could teach us. Hey, maybe you're here at Hope Church for the first time and you're like, man, you don't look like Pastor Wes. Is this guy teaching? And I am teaching today because you're going to be part of our How to Stay Lit weekend. So I am teaching today. I know that I'm not as dark-skinned as Pastor Wes, but I promise you I'm darker on the inside than him. And I promise you we can have church today. I'm, I promise you that. So I'm going to teach today. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Some of you guys are like, man, you're not Pastor West. I know. I know. And you're like, man, this guy's 30 years old. I know. But God does some powerful things. Um, and so I promise you, if you give me 22 minutes, about 22 minutes, that's a Netflix episode. So I know you guys binge watch things. Everyone binge watch some. If you give me about 22 minutes, I hope you're going to learn something today. God is going to speak to all of us today, including me. And I hope you leave here different. So can you guys pray with me? God, we are so thankful for what you're doing. It's amazing that you could, you could get away for a weekend and experience you, God. Some of us haven't experienced you in a while. We're a little stale right now. We had a rough week. We probably had a rough morning. It was probably hard enough to get here. So God, can you encourage us today? Can you challenge us today? No one, no one comes to church to hear from a 30-year-old. They want to hear from you. So God, can you help us do that today? So whatever distractions we might have in our mind, can we get rid of those just right now, so we can hear clearly from you, so we can experience who Jesus is, what he did for us, and we'll never be the same if that happens today. God, we do pray for the Orlando Magic, who are on a five-game winning streak, and we pray that that continues, and that your team, your favorite team, would make the playoffs, because this is your favorite city, and your favorite team, and we just want playoff basketball in this city, and all God's people said, amen. I told you, Chase is my main man. You heard him. He's, he's a Magic fan. He's like, amen. That's desperation right there. That's a desperation. Amen. You ever been in church? You got to, amen. I need it. We need it. We need it bad. He's like, man, did he just pray for the Magic? I did. I don't know if it works. Someone told me, one of the students the other day was like, man, you need to stop praying for the Magic. I was like, why is that? He goes, you've been praying for the Magic for years, and they're just not winning. So he goes, I, I don't know if you're the problem or what's going on, but so, something's got to give. I was like, hey, man, that's harsh. I, I just told him, I was like, man, I'm just going to pray for everything and let God sift through it. Like, I'm just gonna, he's going to say yes or no, but I don't want to get to heaven one day and say, man, Joel, I was going to give the Magic a championship, but you didn't ask for it. So that's never going to be a problem for me. I'm just going to ask for it and just see what God does. Hey, I'm going to speak from the Bible today. 
And I know how they're like, hey, what do you guys teach at Hope Church? Now, um, we teach the Bible every week, but I just want to get in the Bible. I want to give you my passage right away. I'm going to just fly through this really quickly. I'm going to tell you a funny story. You can laugh at me. Maybe you've had a story similar. And then hopefully you learn with some practical stuff that can change your tomorrow. John 15. You have your Bibles with you? If not, we have like big Bibles. <laughs> This is awesome. Like, that's a, man, that's an awesome Bible. I'm going to fly through this. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that would be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. That's awesome. Remain in me. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Just if you're a highlight person, I mean, he says that a couple times. I'm just saying, okay, I am the vine and you are the branches. We just need to know our spot, that's all. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you could do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's an amazing verse, you should highlight that. You are my friends, interesting, okay? If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. I love that a teenager basically said that today. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. I know I just went through a lot. I went quick. I promise you I'll break down a couple points for you. I want to teach a sermon today called Roses. Roses. If you grew up in the 90s, or if you're just a hip-hop fan, don't act like you never heard a song called Roses by a group, um, the street poets named Outkast. If you don't know who a street poet is, just ask your neighbor next to you real quietly. The street poets named Outkast, they had a song called Roses. And if you're that person, I never heard that song, you know a friend. That friend might be your name, but I'm just saying, I mean, if you want to be that person, I remember that song called Roses, and it was, if you remember that song, it was like, roses really smell like, boo, boo, boo. right? Roses, it's like, oh, I know you like the, the oh, I'm not getting that far, okay, oh, sorry. It's like, it's an edited version? I don't know what he's doing up there. All right, you probably heard that song before, or you know someone who has. I want to teach a sermon called Roses. The reason why I want to teach a song called Roses is really interesting. Have you ever... I just want to see what I'm working with real quick. Love languages. How many of you guys are like gifts? That's your love language. You're like, yes, buy me things. 
things. Only a couple of y'all can raise your hands in church. Gifts, real quick. Love language, okay, perfect. All right, gifts, perfect. I'm not, just in case you're wondering, I'm words of affirmation. I'm gift second. So just tell me I look good, and then you can buy me things, and then tell me I look good. Like, is this a cycle? Okay. Um, how many of you guys have ever received a gift that you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this? <laughs> like, but you can't tell the person that, right? You, like on Christmas, you open it, like, oh, yeah, I, I needed this. How did you know? Like, you, your, your pitch always gets higher. I don't know, like, it's like, how did you know? Like, like I don't even talk like that. <laughs> like, um, we, we've all received gifts like that, right? And you're just like, what am I going to do with this? Like, it's like, I got to get, like, we get gifts from, like, our mother-in-laws and our father-in-laws. And we're like, they're not going to be around, so we're just going to throw that to the side. They're not going to know. But when they, when they come to visit, like, oh, we need to put that out. Like, they, they need to see that we're using it. We use this all the time. Like, I never get, um, this actually happened a couple weeks ago to me. And that's why it's very funny. I have, so when I'm not a student pastor, I'm a part-time student pastor. I work full-time at a doctor's office in the optical industry. And my boss was actually here this, like, in the first service, and he was dying laughing because he was like, dang, all that was true. What happened to you? See, one day, I've been helping patients in Winter Garden up their style for the last seven years. Like, I've been trying to fit people in glasses and be like, no, you don't look good in that. Girl, you need to get that. Like, and it, when they listen to me, things go better when they don't, but that's your fault. And so, it's like, you want to look like that? That's on you. I've been helping some of the same patients for years since I've been working there. And these patients wanted to give me a gift. And so they brought a gift for me on a day I wasn't there to say thank you. I never got a gift from a patient before. That was awesome. So when I got to work the next day, they're like, Joel, man, these patients dropped off a gift for you because they love their, like, they love the glasses that you picked out for them. I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm thinking, like, if anyone knows me, it's like, did they buy me shoes? Like, like what are they doing? Like, this is awesome. Like, am I even allowed to take this? It's like, is this a medical no-no? Like, I don't, I don't know. And someone's like, I work in HIPAA, and that is, I don't know. I'm sorry, you guys, some of you guys don't know what that is. That's okay. Um, so they brought me a gift. I'm like, where's the gift? Like, I'm excited. I'm like, where's the gift? They're like, oh, it's on your desk. I'm like, no, I'm, the only thing on my desk is a plant. And they're like, Joel, that's the gift. And I'm like, I thought they knew me. I've, I picked out their glasses for several years. We've had several conversations. No one that knows me would ever buy me a plant. So where did you guys hide the gift? Did you guys take it? And they're like, no, that's really the gift they brought you. They want you to have this. I'm like, I was just like, you know, looking at your face like, what am I going to do with this? So I did what anyone would do. I brought it home. I'm like, how hard is it to take care of a plant? It can't be that hard. I was like, I could put water in a plant once a day. No big deal. So I did that. To my surprise, the plant starts dying. Sarah is like, yo, your plant's dying. I'm like, yeah, of course it's dying. Like, you're not helping. Like, don't point at me when you're not helping. Like, you're, su you're supposed to be better at this stuff. Like, we're supposed to get help each other. Like, why are you just letting the plant die? You're letting the plant die. Like, I'm blaming it on her. We always do that. We shift it. What? The plant's dying. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get more water. And then Sarah's like, Joel, why do you just have it inside? There's no sun. I'm like, these LED lights, I pay so much for these LED lights. Why aren't they giving it more? Like, why aren't they being the sun for it? Like, they're so expensive. They should be the sun for my plant so I could grow so I wouldn't have to do that. She's like, no, you need sun. So I was like, okay, perfect. So I put it next to a window in our house. I'm like, okay, sun. And I open the blinds. I'm like, right, sun. There you go. And it keeps dying. I'm going to be honest with you. That plant's dead. That plant is dead. 
And so much so that Sarah was like, this, this got to go. She threw it out. <laughs> I was going to take a picture of it for the sermon, but she threw it out, Wes. She was like, this, this is trash. It was dead. But here's what happened. See, the patients picked out the glasses. Then they came back to pick up the glasses. I have a dead plant. And I'm like, I just hope they just don't ask for me to help fit their glasses. So I'm like hiding in the lab. They're like, hey, they're here. They want to know how the plants go. I'm like, I'm busy. Like, whoa. Like, they're like, oh, they'll wait. I'm like, how long are they going to wait? So I go out there and talk to them. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to hide it. And they're like, how's the plant doing? I'm like, it's good. It's good. You know, my wife has been taking care of it. Like, I'm shifting the blame. Like, my wife's really been taking care of it. Not really me. Like, that's not my thing. But it's good. We start talking a little bit more. And they start telling me what this plant is. It's like, it can produce a lot, this plant. I don't think you know what this plant is. I think they call it like a prayer plant or something like that. And I'm like, well, I've been praying a lot. That thing ain't growing, right? And like, I'm like, what does that mean? And so they're, they're talking about this plant, and they're like, man, if you knew what this plant could do, you knew what it could produce, you would know when it's producing some great things. And I'm just like, man, why, why do they know so much about plants? More conversations, even though I've known them for about six, seven years, they own a nursery. They gave me one of their best plants. I did not know that. So, like, my look on my face, I'm like, they're like, oh, that's one of our best plants. I'm like, dang, I got to break the news. Like, you know when conviction hits you quick, you're like, dang, I'm a pastor, and I'm sitting here telling them that my wife is taking care of the plant, and nothing's dead. Like, so I just came clean, kind of. Um, I was like, hey, it, it, it may, I'm going to be honest with you, it may or may not, it, it's, it's not doing so hot. That plant is not doing so hot. And they kept telling me, they're like, well, you just need to know what it produces. I'm like, okay, perfect. What it produces, what it produces. And they're like, man, you just need to know because this plant is amazing once it starts growing. And they started talking about, like, the different branches and different things. And I'm like, man, that's John 15. That's John 15. What they're, they're preaching to me, and they don't even know. That's John 15, vine and branches. And one of the first things they told me is what a fruit... Like, what fruit you produce in life is directly related to the vine that you are connected to. So, like, you don't know what fruit that this, what, what, what this could produce. And the fruit, what fruit you produce in your life is directly related to what vine you are connected to. What I like about this is right away in John 15, and please, I, I encourage people to take notes, even fake when you take notes. If you're single, if you take notes in the, in a, in the little shorties next to you. You might get a date. I don't know, okay? And you might get to heaven first if you take notes. I don't know if that's not true, but go ahead and just act like it. It makes me feel better. But what fruit you produce in life is directly related to what vine you are connected to. See, in John 15, right away, it says that I am the true vine. That means there's other vines. There's other vines that we could be connected to. But what vine you're connected to is going to be directly related to what fruit. People will look at you and be like, you ain't connected to that vine. They can look at your life. You ain't producing that. They can look and they can see. See, because you can't have spiritual growth without spiritual devotion. You can't have it. It doesn't happen. I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, I wish. I wish I, man, I want to call for my life. I believe God has a plan for me. And like, he would. And he wants to produce something in you. And he has a coffee life. But you're not connected to his vine. I see a lot of students. I hang out with students a lot. And they're like, man, you know, I wish these problems in my relationship with this so-and-so and so-and-so didn't happen. Man, I did, oh, my goodness, Joel, I can't believe this. I'm like, I can. I can believe it. 
you're not connected to the right vine. I could believe 100% that that relationship fell through because you put all your stock in the wrong vine. And that's the fruit you're producing. You just don't like the fruit. But that's not on, that's on you. You don't like the fruit. You can get connected to the true vine and get the fruit that you want. See, I think we all want that. We all want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. We all want that, but we're connected to other vines. And those vines don't produce that. They just don't. They don't produce it at all. And it's just interesting because I hang out with a lot of students, but, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's the student's problem. And they're like, oh, the social media, that's their problem. See, they're all, they're all engaged in that. And, man, they, they went, I know y'all. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of y'all on Facebook. And I know y'all be watching TV, and I know y'all have friends, and I know this, adults, I know. It's not just a student problem. It is all of our problem right now, the fact that media and all this, we try to live lives that we don't want to even live. To impress people we don't even like. And that's because we're connected to the wrong vines. I, I was at the barbershop the other day, I didn't tell the story. This guy was literally, he, he downloaded an app to see who was following him on Instagram and started unfollowing people. He's like, man, I was like, how long have you been doing that? He's like, I've been, I've been unfollowing people who don't follow me for two hours. I was like, I, I think you're in the wrong vine, bro. Like, you're buying, like, you're worried about likes on your pages more than you are about living out a calling. I was like, I told him, I was like, if you're going to live by the likes, you're going to die by them. And because that's because he's connected to the wrong vine. I don't want you to be connected to the wrong vine. I don't want to be connected to the wrong vine because I want to produce the fruit that God has for me. See, but the way we do that, we don't like this part. See, God's going to help us produce the right stuff. But God will point out the branches in your life and in my life that have to go when you're in the vine. Some of the branches in your life are dead. I hate to be the person to tell you that. They're dead. They're not producing anything, and they're dead. And what's actually happening is they're causing more things in your life to die. See, what I didn't tell you about that same plant, what happened was, was there was like three stems on it, and two were healthy. So I thought, I was like, two are healthy and one's kind of dying. I was like, no big deal. I could bring that one back to life. When I was honest with the people and I told them about the plant, I told them I was dying, they were like, well, what did you do when the one was dying? I was like, I just kept watering it, kept sun, all that same thing. They're like, you should have cut that branch off. I was like, why would I cut that branch off? They're like, because the plant was trying to produce energy to grow something that was dead. And that's why it killed the rest of the plant. So the rest of the plant died because I didn't cut off one branch. But people live their lives like this. See, they're so consumed with work and they're so consumed with making money. They're so consumed with their business. They're so consumed with this relationship. They got to cut that off because other parts are dying. Like, if you're so consumed at work, I'm going to be honest with you. If you choose to win in a lot of areas, you're going to lose in other areas. You're so consumed at work, your family life is going to die. So you get to choose where you want to win. You're going to invest all your energy and time in that stuff. Other things are going to die. And the problem is, it's just going to start killing off the other things. So then work's not going to be going good. If the family's not going good, work's not going good. It's going to start killing that stuff off. It's going to start knocking them off one at a time. 
God, God wants to point some stuff out at us. Not because he's mad at us. Because he wants us to produce fruit. Fruit that will last. So he's like, stuff got to go. I'm here to help you. I'm not an enemy of yours. It's just got to go because I want to see some great things in your life. That's all. And you can't see that without things going. I can't get more shoes. Sarah told me the other day, she's like, you can't have any more shoes until some shoes go. Like, I'm like, dang. I'm like, that's rough. Like, I love shoes. But she's like, some of these got to go. You don't wear these. I'm like, I wear all these. She's like, no, you don't. You do not. They got to go before you get more shoes. I'm like, dang. I'm like, dang, maybe I'm not getting any more shoes. Like, I don't know. But stuff's got to go in your life. Dead branches got to die. But here's the other thing. So the dead branches, some of us can wrap our minds around that. Like, that makes sense. It's dead. It's not growing. It's killing things. That makes sense. But I told you my message was called roses. Because some of, our, some of us have stuff in our lives that's good, that looks good, that looks pretty, that's all good. And it's not bad. It's not bad. Same plant. I was talking to people. And they're like, yeah, that's why. And they're like, another thing, Joel, did you, when it started to bloom, when it started to flower, did you cut the roses? And I'm like, they own a nursery. And I'm sitting there like, they must not be very smart. Because the whole point I have that plant is to have roses. Like, that's the whole point of the plant is the growth. Like, like well, they're not smart. Like, someone needs to teach them. So I'm like, I'm going to give them a lesson. Like, why would I cut roses? That's the whole point of the plant. And they're like, uh, kind of. See, they said the problem is, is the plant produces so much energy, energy to produce roses that it forgets to actually grow deep roots. And so even though it's a good thing, you can't produce deep roots in a plant if all the energy is focused on the flowers. So that you should have cut those flowers because then it could have got deep roots and then it would have sustained the flowers that grew. See, in our lives... God will cut the roses in your life to grow deep roots in the vine. So some things in your life, they may be pretty good. Our God's not a God of pretty good. Our God's a God of amazing. And that's what he's saying. He prunes. John 15, he prunes. This is a pruning process. Why is he pruning? It's good. Because some of that stuff may be good, but there's a better. Like I know being successful is awesome. But there's a better. You could use the success to reach people. There's a better God wants. So some stuff may need to go. That's good. We got to realize this. We really do. I know this all the time. There was a period in my life not that long ago, I was at the gym all the time. And the gym's a good place. I'm trying to get healthy. I'm trying to get fit. Like, I'm trying to look like, like, Maroon, well, not, no, not Pastor West, but I'm trying to look like what Adam Levine, like a Super Bowl. Like, I want to be able to take my shirt off too at concerts. Like, I want to do that. It's like, I was at the gym all the time. It's like, I'm going to get like that. Like, people are going to look at me. And the gym's a good thing. But I wasn't spending any time with my wife. That's got to go. That doesn't give me deep roots. It's a good thing. It's like, Joel, that's a good thing. You'd be trying to be healthy. Yeah, but I want a healthy marriage. And if I have a healthy marriage, I'll go to the gym. I'm still going to go to the gym. I still want to look like that. <laughs> I just need to find a better time. Because I don't want the thing that I want. I want deep roots. God wants you to have deep roots. So that when situations in your life come, you're planted. So when hard times come, sickness come, you're planted. When financial situations come, you're planted. 
You don't have to worry as much. You got deep roots. He wants that in your life. And he's going to help you do that. That's so amazing about our God that he helps you do that. He's going to point them out. All you have to do, this is really easy, church, is stay connected to the vine. The more you're connected, the more he's going to point out this stuff. That's why I stress to our students all the time, y'all need to show up every week. I want you here every week. They're like, man, that's a, that's a strong commitment. I don't care about your shorty or your girl or your boo. Come here. They're not connecting you to the vine. Bring them. Get them connected. Like, you need to be here because it's important because I want you to produce the fruits. But so many adults are like, yeah, that's for the students. Y'all need to show up too. You're connected. You get deep roots. You get deep roots in community group. That's how you, you want deep roots? Get in community group. We got a lot of community groups at this church. One meets almost every day. If you're not in a community group, that's on you. Maybe you got to cut some flowers. That's some good things to get plugged in so you could have deep roots. Because you can only get that connected in the vine. See, I see so many people who are worried about things that aren't going to get them the fruit that they need. Why are we doing that, church? We're wasting energy. See, I didn't say this last service. I was a little nervous. But I think God is less concerned with our version of happiness and more concerned about his version of holiness. And I see a lot of us just pursuing our own happiness and not God's holiness. When you're connected to the vine, he's gonna get you where you needed to go. And what I love about that equation is God always works in like so much more than we could think. It's not like the algebra, we know it. He's like, listen, if you, if you connect to this holiness, if you stay in this vine, I'm gonna produce this holiness in you. I'm gonna cut them things off. I'm gonna cut flowers. I'm gonna cut branches. I'm gonna grow deep roots. If you are more concerned about the holiness, I'm gonna help you out. And then I'm gonna give you the happiness. See, because in the vine, in the vine only, God's love and God's joy is only found in the vine. You can't get that at another vine. Only God's vine has God's love and God's joy. That's it. That's what I love. He goes, hey, he mentions it several times in John 15. He's like, love each other, love each other. It's interesting. He foreshadowed. He's like, hey, this is like the greatest love is when someone lays down their life for their friends. That's him dying on the cross. He's like, listen, I got the love you need. You want to know what great love is? It's in the vine. But so many of us only look for oxygen and love in relationships. And let me tell you something. I'm married and I love my wife. I think my wife is fine, right? Like I do. And I love my wife. But if all my source of oxygen for love is found in my wife, I'm going to die because she's going to let me down and vice versa. But if my love is in God first and I seek that love, he's going to make sure I love my wife better. You've been on the airplane. I've been on an airplane. Well, who do they say take care of first? Yourself. You put an oxygen mask on yourself first. Then you can help other people. I'm my own oxygen. My wife's my own oxygen. We have this talk often to make sure we're on the same page. So we get to see real love. God's love first. But that's found in the vine. God's joy is found in the vine. I love, I was, <laughs> I was talking to students the other night. Man, times have changed. Um, do you know there's like professional video gamers? <laughs> like times have changed. I was so mad at my, my mom 
a couple weeks back when I found out that all these people are like, they're almost making millions of dollars playing video games. I called her up. I was like, I'm mad at you. She said, why? I was like, you told me video games wouldn't amount to nothing. I see people making millions and they're playing video games. You cut my time off. Like, you're the reason I'm not as successful as you want me to be. Like, it's on you. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to play video games more. That's not what I'm saying. I have a point to this, I promise. I was talking to students, they read John 15 Saturday morning. And they're like, they had a question, like, joy is overflowing. God wants to have a joy that's overflowing for you. One of the students was telling me that he has this, he showed me a picture of it. He has this whole video game, like, computer setup. Like, it's like three monitors, like, controllers you've never seen before. Like, I don't even know what they're called. And then he has a refrigerator right here. I'm like, why do you got a refrigerator, bro? He's like, so I don't have to get up. I don't want to get up by video games because uh, the water is here. I'm like, I can go to the restroom. But I don't want to ask him that because I'm like, do you got to get up to do that? Like, what is he doing? Like, I don't know. But I see jo joy overflowing as a refrigerator that doesn't run out of water. If you want that joy, you can get it. It's in the vine. You keep pulling out water so you don't run out. But it's only in the vine. I love when I see people who have that joy because they're the happiest people on earth no matter what happened in their life. They got joy that surpasses all understanding, but that's only in the vine. But you can get it. You can experience God's love and joy in the vine if you stay connected, if you get connected. We want that for you. We want that more than anything. The question is, do you want it?